Welcome back to the Retro Normal Pod, a nostalgia and pop culture podcast where we discuss things from our past, present, and future. As always, I am your host, Toby, and coming from this green wide world we call Colorado because we don't travel, is my foreign American redheaded friend and beautiful co-host, Rick. How you doing, buddy? So foreign from the wild lands of Littleton, Colorado. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even from here, so I'm the foreigner, I guess. That, uh, at least of this state. But even at that, you've been here long enough that you're so acclimated that you're like, no, I'm from here, you know? I, look, compared to a lot of these people, I was born and raised here. So, sure. anyways, I got a cool story. Well, no, no, no. No, no, no. We'll save my cool story. Okay. I'm going to jump into it then. You ready for this? The weird question of the week? Oh, my. Ready? Can a vampire enter your house if you have a welcome mat? Huh? Uh, okay. So, isn't that like the age-old adage of vampires? It's like they can't enter your house without being welcomed? Exactly. That's that's the whole idea. So, if you've got a mat that's like, hey, come on in, then. Look, uh, that's a weird question. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know if I'll ever have like a straight up welcome mat. I'll have a welcome mat, but it'll never say come on in or sure. welcome into my home or anything else like that because now I'm freaked yeah. out because I 100% believe that that's how vampires get into your house. It yeah. Hmm. Do you the one loophole does it have to be a verbal agreement? It's a vampire. I think any agreement he can <laughs> get it's like selling your soul to the devil, you know? I, I I, th- I think that's a mental agreement. Is it like a loophole? He's like, aha, their Matt says welcome. Thank you, Matt. He I just shall walks enter. right in. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like, like Kramer from Seinfeld. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> boo, loop, boo, boo. Look, and we all want to think that vampires look like Dracula. I wholeheartedly believe that they look like either the Lost Boys or oh. Kramer from Seinfeld. Like, <laughs> that's what I want my Dracula to look like. If they're my- looking like the 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 lost boys it's like all right not so bad letting you into my home you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah yeah y'all look like you're down to party if it's kramer it's like oh boy this could get dicey quick um yeah there could be some like racial slurs thrown around yeah. he, could, he could really have a fit <laughs> <laughs> get off the stage uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I, okay i mean look at the end of the day i think that you need to watch what kind of welcome man you know, a welcome map that says wipe your paws, totally okay. You're cool. You know, one that says your home is my home, welcome in. All welcome you're, here. Yeah, Ooh. you're drawing a vampire line that I don't know if you want to cross. That's, uh, I think vampire wins on that. And all of a sudden you got two holes in your neck and a thirst for blood. <laughs> I just, yep. yeah, I don't, I don't know what you do with that. I think that welcome mat is definitely a... a and okay for vampire entry. There we go. If you had to ask me. I I agree with you. I think it's a weird modern loophole. Because back in the day when people were in huts and, and they castles. They straw and welcome stuff, mats. They were like, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> back when vampires were an actual problem and you could just put their head on a stake out in front of your house. Exactly. You know, welcome mats, not so necessary. <laughs> A welcome spike. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, look, look what happened to the last guy that just walked into my house. Vampire sure or not, want... motherfucker, no trespassing. So, away from the vampire talk, but more mythological creatures. Yeah. I just want to touch on Pokemon cards real fast, okay? For two reasons. 
First of all, I found some today. I wasn't looking for them. I didn't go out Pokemon card hunting. I went to Walgreens to buy some chocolate-covered pretzels. And as a grown man does, I walk back to the Walgreens toy section. What do they have in the toy section? They actually have Pokemon cards in stock. I could not believe it. I bought all of them. Uh, Not that many, but still, they had Pokemon cards. And what I want to ask you is, is, have you been seeing this stuff where, like, Pokemon card sales are getting banned in department stores? Over fist fights and robberies and campouts. Have you seen any of this? I've I've heard about it, yeah. Just Dude, people going wild the, for it's it. It's insane. Like you can't go into a Target and buy sports cards or or Pokemon cards anymore. And if you can, there's a fifty fifty chance, depending on what Walmart you went to, you might get robbed for those Pokemon boosters. So when I walk in nonchalantly into a Walgreens today and there's Pokemon cards on the shelf, I do the double check. <laughs> looking down the aisles and i'm like i'm gonna go i'm buying these right now um but we opened those on stream today and i got a full art uh hound doom and a trainer which dope cards well worth buying the things what's more worth it to me is that some reseller didn't get to go in there and sell those packs for like eight dollars a piece afterwards so fuck you guys i like a good spite buy <laughs> yeah dude like it's like, should look, I'm trying to buy a house right now. Should I be buying $30 in Pokemon cards on Memorial Day on at a Walgreens? No. No. But am I going to let some other asshole do it? No. <laughs> no. So I opened all five of those packs, bastards. Great. Are they upcharging for that kind of stuff, or is it still just your No, not Walgreens. It's all good. MSRP yeah. there. Good. But, like, you and I have talked about it. I found a, a card shop not too long ago that just opened, and I was excited because go in there, new card shop. Uh, they specialize in Pokemon stuff, all at reseller pricing. So I Oof. asked the guy. I was just like, I was like, man, like even with the new sets, and he's like, yeah, he's like new sets, which is like the battle style sets are like four ninety nine, three ninety nine, whatever for MSRP, and they're selling them at nine bucks. And so I was like, I was like, man, I gotta ask why, you know, like you're just it's reseller pricing. And his excuse, which is valid, I guess, for a business, especially if you're selling them, is he wanted to price out the resellers. And it's like, in turn, like, you're pricing them out, but you're pricing me out, too. Because I don't need cards that bad to pay reseller pricing. Whereas I could probably get them a dollar cheaper if I bought them online from somewhere that was reselling them, rather than buy them from a card shop from you. Which, again, I understand Pokemon shit's crazy right now, but still. I don't want to pay them. I don't want to pay them. I just don't actively search for Pokemon cards right now. As you shouldn't, because it sounds like you could get stabbed by a mechanical pencil. Dude, you never know. A bunch of young kids in Supreme shirts. (laughs) 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 Fucking assholes. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, off of that fantastic news, I've got something else that'll spice up your life. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like uh, the old uh, uh, Spice Girls are, are... thinking about uh going back to the old movie theaters and they're setting up a sequel film to their 1999 uh classic spice world movie did you ever uh, see that one fuck yeah i did dude fuck yeah i mean <laughs> yeah of course i did yeah the spice girls in 1997 okay what what was your spice girl uh ginger or baby or okay. scary for that matter i mean i don't know they all had their thing i guess yeah, I mean, Baby Spice, like, the little girl with the yeah. pigtails in 97, I'm like, eight, you know, <laughs> I'm still haven't even hit puberty. Yeah. But 
you know, come to find out, Victoria Beckham and Mel B were the two prettiest ones in the entire thing. Okay. I mean, look, do I need this? No. No. Does the world need this? No. I don't know if the Spice Girls have even put out new music. Why are we giving them money for a movie? I, I don't know, man. They did they did do a tour back in 2019 that was like hugely successful, which is which is all this kind of Spice Girl stuff has happened without Victoria Beckham because she's kind of moved on from the Spice Girls, Balling. whereas the rest of them are like <laughs> all about it. So it's like eh, okay, whatever. But you know, it's kind of cool, right? Like it I could mean, be good. Look, I think we had this conversation. <laughs> it might have been last week. About like yeah, about the Pizza Hut shit. I don't remember yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. But it's like some some nostalgia string shouldn't be pulled. Okay, Spice Girls put out a new album, put a out a new one. record. Okay, yeah. just put out a record. Put that shit on Spotify. All right, maybe break out some Spice Girls edition Bratz toys, and then we'll talk about a movie. Do I need another Spice World? No. I'll re look one better. Re-release your old one in Blu-ray. I think they're doing that. I think they're going to do that for the 25th anniversary of it, which is wild to say. But here we are 25 years later Fuck. from the movie or something. And it's like, release that, re-release that. I mean, hey, if they put it out, I will be there to check this thing out. God yeah, damn. Look, as long as I don't have to go see it in fucking theaters, yeah, I'm yeah, good. Yeah. We watched that movie on VHS. Again, I don't a- need it. I'll watch it, though. I mean, I'll watch it. It's, sure. it's the Spice Girls. It's the Spice Girls. Well, staying on the spice Tell me what train. What you want? What you really, really want? <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, I wanna go bigger, 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 kiki, kiki, ha! Nailed it. I thought I closed my eyes for a second <laughs> to see, and I was like, "Mel B in the house? What is going on here?" Uh, you know about Chris Angel? You know that guy? Oh yeah, he's the one with the freaky mind. Yeah, he's the mind freak, the magician, the illusionist. It's look. Was he was such that. a tool he's such a tool dude i was like that show of his was so like i know it was probably all stage or whatever but like i was legitly so into it that when we went to vegas like when he was at the height of his show's popularity we had to go check out the chris angel museum or whatever it was called so but anyway uh looks like he's going to be opening up a restaurant jesus that's i just uh, why why it's called it's called stupid C-A-B-L-P, Kablip, which is short for Chris Angel's Breakfast, Lunch, and Pizza. Opens up in July with fast casual flair. <laughs> no. No. Just nothing just, about it, huh? Look, it's going to be overpriced because it's got his name on it. Yeah, it is. And it's... Plus, you're like such a tool that I don't want to give you money for something that you're not... Look, you're a magician. One thing you don't do with this body type of person... You don't fuck with my food, right? You don't fuck with my food. I don't. I, so I just assume you're fucking with my food. And if not, then why the fuck am I going to a magician's restaurant? Like, why? Why can't I order the steak and you bring me out a plate of shrimp? And I'm like, waiter. And he's like, are you sure? And I look down and it's fucking steak, you know, like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's he's what like, I want to see. Otherwise, like you, wanted a, he, you wanted a breakfast burrito? Check your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah Yeah. it doesn't sound like he's gonna have it like really tie in that much where he's gonna be pushing the like illusionist it's just like a straightforward thing plus it's not even in vegas it's 65 65 miles northeast from vegas 
Why? Not even near Vegas. Why? <laughs> so it's like, who's going to make the drive to this thing? But I mean, he's got yeah. a Hollywood star, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. It's got a picture right here. I mean, the dude's got like the money. Like, what else are you going to do? Like, you've got a ton of money. Investing in stuff is the way to keep more money. So, I mean, look. All the power to him. From a financial aspect, how am I supposed to blame the man? You know, whether or not I liked his entertainment, a lot of people did. He's rich as fuck. I'm not. So <laughs> who really yeah. who really did wrong in life? I, I don't know. Not me. So Oh, so he's got this signature cocktail called the Mind Freeze, right? Perfect name. It's concocted with vodka and one of more than a hundred flavors of Italian ice. Why? Yeah, that's, the fucking that's... Baskin Robbins are getting drunk? Like, get that shit out of my face. Give me a lemon ice shaved with the vodka cranberry splash. That sounds exactly. amazing. Yeah. Jesus. Mind. No, uh, don't. <laughs> don't. Move along. Hell no. I don't want it. <laughs> and here goes the segue. And so Lionsgate Gate is looking at uh, rebooting the franchise that we all know and love, The Highlander. If you all don't remember that one, it started Christopher Lambert as The Highlander. Uh, Connor McLeod, if I remember correctly. But the bigger news of this is that Henry Cavill from everything uh, looks like he might be the one becoming said Highlander, which is, I, look, I mean, a Highlander's more your flair than mine. Like, I know there can only be one. There could but, only be one Highlander. <laughs> but, like, for that kind of franchise, having Henry Cavill, it's not like the worst, you know? Yeah. He's the king of the nerds. He's awesome. He was great in The Witcher. You know, whether you like him or not, he was a good Superman. Solid Superman. Yeah. It, it just put the, put this man in more things, in my opinion. I, I don't know. You know, like Yeah. I mean they've they've had a hell of a run with that simple little like one person to rule them all kind of concept of you there can only be one, so you're constantly in battle and flux with other, you know immortals out there and you know you chop off their heads you gain their abilities and power and they had four sequels to the movie uh, uh three different television series like they've milked it pretty good yeah. so it definitely needs some fresh air and i think a guy like henry cavill who's already proven he can swing a sword with the best of them and hell Witcher, yeah it's like, it's like why not like why yeah. not <laughs> hit your wagon to it and and Ride that Highland. Yeah, the cool thing about it too is it's uh it's Chad Stileski, Stahelski, uh who's the John Wick director. Oh. So I mean, that dude really can't do any wrong right now either, so I I, I don't foresee it being like a bad Amazing. choice, you know. Could you imagine like a John Wick style action sequence, but instead of with guns and stuff, they're just using swords? Swords. <laughs> <laughs> so cool dude unfortunately you know with sean connery passing he won't be able to be back in there to play you know reprise his role as a scottish man playing a spaniard (laughs) (laughs) sorry anyway uh yeah i think that's incredible news i think uh i mean henry cavill's one of those cats that again if he's in it there's a good chance it's going to be pretty rocking yeah i i don't imagine especially with a casting like that because you either want a casting like that where they're like taking some fanfare because everyone's in love with Henry Cavill right now, especially with like cult things, gaming and stuff like that. 
he the dude can't lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but you either want something like that where they have this high grade person, or you want like a Netflix original where I have no idea who the fuck any of these people are. Because chances are that's going to make it semi good. That they're just True. good like that. I don't know. You know, very very. You're very yeah. I mean, get somebody who's an unknown but can handle it, and then make them a star from. Yeah, it's not a bad. Yeah, I mean that's Perch. how they've been doing for like the last couple of years. It's like even when we talked about the Rim of the World, the kids movie, the, the alien kids movie. I don't know who any of those fucking kids are. Movie was great. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It I I hundred percent agree. I don't I don't think they miss with this though. Like Henry Cavill is in the Highlander. Okay, I'll take that universe all day. Take that universe day. Yeah. Um. Well, on to one uh, older project to another. Uh, looks like they're going to try to revamp Phantom of the Opera. You ever seen Phantom of the Opera? Yeah, or we been, talked about this to... real, real early in our career. Oh, yeah, that's it's right. It's just not for me. There was a, oh, is that during Halloween? It was during the yeah. Halloween special stuff. That's yeah. right. It just, this, I don't know. It doesn't do anything this, for me. This could be interesting because they're trying to revamp it and get away less from the theatri- or the yeah the theatricalness of it all instead yeah, of going we're used to, to it Andrew Lloyd in opera. Yeah. They're, they want to go back to the original story, which is much more of a psychological thriller and this kind of stuff. Same story, more or less, just less about the singing and the romance and more about, like, the fact that it's a straight-up horror movie. Like, Yeah. So they got the guy who did Bohemian Rhapsody to, to write it, and they plan on still having it filled with music but having it more of a thriller, which is kind of exciting. Hopefully they can put it darker edge to it because it's a pretty grim dark story with a guy like i'll teach you the ways of singing and make you the best but you are mine and it's pretty we'll see man (laughs) yeah i just it's it's just never the concept it seems great for a horror movie it's like a stalkerish dude in london you know like some real jack the ripper type shit but he's just like a jealous piece of shit and it's just like you could murder more people, dude. Like, murder a lot. More <laughs> that's people. all I ask. Just murder don't more just, people. Just don't sing threaten people. Like totally like just I don't know, straight up be like, All right, you didn't do as I say, you didn't leave my seat open. Boom. You're dead. You're dead. So we'll see what happens with that. It's still obviously in pre production, but made me a little excited just to see uh what they do, considering we've seen a movie also the theatrical play a couple of times and it's great but i'd like to see it done with a bit more of like a darkness yeah when's the, i mean in all reality i'm sure they still do it on broadway and stuff but when's the last time they've tried to revamp that or not genre that play you know in yeah. any way shape or form it's about time i guess yeah you know it, it's only a matter of time before citizen kane gets remade so no. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Well, from one spooky ooky to another, this thing is tremendous. And we've been, like, since they dropped these trailers or the trailer for this, you and I have been like, let's do this! Fear Street trilogy is set to come out early July. And we absolutely had to touch on this because it's phenomenal. First, it's Arl Stein. Like, and what's cool, and if, like, people don't know, Fear Street is a sub horror genre for young adults uh written by rl stein who for most people is the same person that wrote goosebumps so as his goosebumps readers got older he still wanted to keep them within the genre and fear street was that next step up it was like a Mm -hmm. pg-13 goosebumps 
Um, but these do not look like they're going to be PG-13. And no. how they did it was fucking awesome. I, so, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the fact that they are doing this in a way that like, I wish more like movies would. They're basically doing three parts. So the first one is set in 1994. And it's... Similar story for all three, right? But just based in... Yeah, I believe the concept's the same, but the times are different. Yeah, so it's basically... But they do it in reverse. Instead of starting in 1666, which is when the third film takes place, they have it start in a more modern time and then go backwards, which lends itself to be like, oh, we know where it's going to go. We know where this eventually... So. (sighs) Yeah, because instead of starting with the origin story, you move up... Or move back, I guess, from like the end game, what's kind of ending it all to yeah, what started it all. Um, but yeah, like you said, they're releasing three movies on uh, three parts. So you have 1994, 1978, and 1666. Uh, they're all, I, th- I don't know if they've came out rated R, but that's what they're kind of being portrayed as. Is they're all going to be rated R movies? And yeah, to my is. understanding. Uh, that's what it is. So not only to get like a young adults R.L. Stein book made into live action, but to have it being, you know, we go back, go back to what I just said, a bunch of random people that we don't know bought by Netflix doing a movie, especially in something that this does pull my nostalgia strings. You know, I've got a goosebumps tattoo, huge Mm -hmm. R.L. Stein fan, you know? So something like this is just, I, I mean, it couldn't be more up my alley. What makes it even better is that we're getting it in three consecutive releases one week at a time. They could have held it for the next year and a half. Instead, we get the entire story, three hour and a half, two hour movies, one week after another. Boom, boom, bang, right in the middle of summer. Couldn't couldn't came in a better time. It's just such a way that I wish more movies or more people would be, you know, willing to try is like release a trilogy of horror movies. Like, bam, bam, bam. So that way you could be like, oh, shit. This is great. And then I don't have to wait two years or a year to get the next one. Yeah. Because that means most likely that they created this all at the same time. So it's going to be good. Whatever the first movie was, it's going to be the same quality as the next is the next. And you don't have any like, oh, well, where'd that character go? Oh, they replaced them with this because of contract issues. This way, it's like you could tell your whole trilogy. Boom. And then just walk away and be like, I hope people like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got to get benched. I don't know if you saw, but I, I read an article this weekend that Army of the Dead, the Zack Snyder Army of the Dead movie, was going to be one of the most watched things that Netflix has ever put out. Ever. Really? Yeah. They said that they're like 70 million some odd households have already watched the movie. That's not surprising because I know we watched it as, as soon as we could. <laughs> yeah. I, I still haven't got to watch it yet. Um, I got to find time to do it at some point, but... Now I'll get that done this week actually so we can we can talk about that but yeah so like if you even look at something like that like Netflix is just kind of throwing money at stuff and allowing yeah. people to do whatever they want and just put their name on it and look how well it's working out like they're they're not it's not a bad idea and they're definitely winning in the you know more good movies than bad genre most it's, everything it's, that I've watched has been great it's that almost like let's put out a lot of quantity but, like, a lot of the stuff is also quality. So you're, like, you're just hitting everybody with, like, because everybody has Netflix. Like, it's just one of those things. It's at the this point it, it almost comes pre-loaded onto, you know, 
uh, your phone and stuff at this yeah. point where it's just like, you've got it. Whether you know it or not, you've got yeah, Netflix. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere. And the fact that they're going to release a trilogy of, like, nostalgia aimed for those who liked Goosebumps or even the Fear Street books themselves, that hits alone. But even if you're just a horror fan, this, I feel like, is going to do such a great, like, hey, we're trying something new here with three movies at once, essentially, where you could either watch them as they come out, like a TV show, or you could just wait until that third week and be like... I watched it all together. It's crazy. I don't know what to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it looks like the first two movies are both about an hour and 45 minutes. The third one does not have a runtime, uh, but it's July 2nd for 94, uh, July 9th for 78, and then July 16th for the 1666 one. Um, it makes it makes me wonder how they're going to do this movie to make it go. If part one is essentially the finale, so to speak, it really intrigues me to see how they're going to make you want to tune in for the the next two parts for it. Like, obviously, the third one's going to be like an origin, maybe. But maybe, who who knows? Maybe it's like a time travel thing. I don't know. And yeah. that's what I find fascinating is that you're doing it backwards. So it's I, I'm so intrigued by this. Like, it looks so good. It, it it is such an interesting take on you're 100 percent right kind of thinking about that like how are they going to progress the story for lack of a better word for something that they're going in backwards motion you know and yeah. maybe that's yeah. why it plays so hard to me is because it's it's so unorthodox compared to what we're used to that yeah. it's even more intriguing than it already would have had me if you'd have released them in quote-unquote backwards order from low to high yeah it's it just, just yeah, dude. I'm I'm fucking excited about this. There's actually a lot of good stuff coming out soon. Um, and like away from that, I'm ready for horror season. Now. Look, I'm lo- I love the summer, but fuck. Every time we get to the heat, I'm ready to get back to the. Yeah. And it's just like it sucks. I love fall and Christmas time. I just January through March can suck dick. That shit can be gone. July and August, get that shit out of here too keep the rest <laughs> i'm with you 100 percent, man like i'll take the the cool nights any yeah, day i i'm just not i'm not good for it yeah. um let's go ahead and talk about this last one too okay so at&t sells warner media to uh discovery and it's kind of an odd move because at&t basically acquired warner media not all that long ago and they were making these big plans and they and I think they thought that since they had HBO Max, they already had their streaming and they can do this, that, and the other. But I don't think they quite realized what they were getting into. They're not into the the uh, media business so much as they're into the telecommunications business, yeah. which is slightly different from, you know, a, a Warner Brothers, which is like purely entertainment-based as opposed to AT&T, who's purely just like informative-based. I don't know. It's weird. Plus, it just seems like what they're doing here giving it to discovery is that like they're just one step behind where disney is like disney came out with their streaming service so hbo put out one that's supposed to be rivals theirs and with that they acquired marvel and they did what they did with them and you know warner brothers doing the similar thing where they're always just looking after disney and dc's always looking after marvel where it's like we want to be you guys you guys are so good but they're always doing things misstepping and it just seems like this might be another misstep at least with Discovery taking it over, they're in the entertainment biz. So maybe this might be a better acquisition where HBO Max could become much more robust and have much more of a bang when it comes to 
putting out this content because HBO Max is a great streaming service and they've yeah. got a lot of great stuff. They just need, you know, with adding discovery stuff to it, with adding just well, all that stuff. And they're the bigger great. company, which is weird because like uh, even reading here, like, first of all, HBO Max hit 64 million subscribers a year after it launched. So in their first year, they had 64 mil, but it's only around half of the size of Disney plus um, Disney plus a year and a half old. So they're, you know, 110, 115 million and yeah. a third of the size of Netflix. Like that's, that's pretty fucking wild. So, yeah. um, I watched some stuff on discovery plus I'm curious on how they're going to incorporate it. The, the weird thing, and you're hundred percent right. Like a company like AT&T is not going to be able to run a media conglomerate the size of HBO right now, let alone everything else that falls in. And something a lot of people forget is you automatically want to go to like the DC comic stuff. But they also own a Harry Potter, you know, oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. What happens with Harry Potter? What happens with the Fantastic Beast name? Everything. The thing that scares me over this is it comes in a time where we're still getting like hints and releases for the Harry Potter RPG that's now been pushed back Ooh. to next year already. And that's before this sell. So, like, at the end of the day, all I give a shit about is I need this Harry Potter RPG next year for real. Yeah, fuck your Monopoly shit, because that's what's happening here. You've oh, got, sure. you know, Disney, Hulu, ESPN. You can all bundle together. Netflix yeah. is like, fuck all y'all. We're standalone because we're <laughs> Netflix. You know, but now you're going to have Discovery Plus, HBO Max. You know, Cartoon Network is on HBO Max now. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of stuff, and it's only a matter of time before one of these companies is going to buy out Paramount. Like, I think Paramount came out. Just to be like, hey, this is our library. We're here. People want to watch it. You know, Good we're stuff. still putting out new content. And Disney's going to be like, oh, yeah, nostalgia shit. Let's go, baby. Come on, Paramount. Yeah. You're coming yeah. over here with us. Because that, what the fuck else does Disney have to do? That would be the next big grab is to get Paramount. Because with that, you get MTV and stuff as well. So yes. it's like, it really is one of those, like, right now, your big ones are clearly like what is now Discovery and then Disney. You're too double d's right there you know like those are your big two and then you got Pun netflix intent? but netflix is like don't even look at us because yeah. fuck you we'll buy you before you buy us yeah we'll buy but, everybody right yeah. now and then <laughs> shut them all down <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting to see what will happen especially when it comes down to certain things dc or the harry potter stuff or literally any of the other franchises that they own of like are they going to keep doing stuff with it because we don't not want Harry Potter stuff. We don't want. Uh, we do want more DC stuff. We want all this stuff. But with this acquisition, you know, new people come in. They got to justify their job. Oh, we're no longer going to do um, Gotham Sirens because nobody knows these characters. We're going to stick to the tried and true top three: Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. When yeah. it's like Disney, Disney's starting to do cool shit. Like, hey, there's these cool characters like Scarlet Witch or falcon and the winter soldier like they're they're digging into the lower depths and with them acquiring fox now we're going to get the x-men and stuff as well so x-men's like, coming dude it's gotta be it's going to be cool to see what they do with this because now with discovery at least it seems like they're going to be more mindful of what they have and they'll be like okay what can we do let's really let's really see what they could push yeah. and you know it'll be curious to see because discovery is based in reality television and Everything that they acquired is pretty much not because now yeah. you've got, you know, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Batman, Superman. And, you know, 
I just watched finished watching Storm Chasers or some paranormal shit yeah. on Discovery Plus, you know? So like I, I'll be curious to see. It it'll be it'll be a very interesting thing. I think it's gonna affect the games division more than they want it to. Um, which I also think includes Nether Realm, who is Mortal Kombat, if I'm not Oof. mistaken. Yeah, I think they, they um I think Warner them. Brothers owns them. So I it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. There- there's an interesting correlation between these kind of two big things because, like I said, you got Warner Brothers and Disney. You've got uh, DC Comics with Marvel, and then then now you have Discovery, and Disney has National Geographic. So it's almost like they've gone tit for tat with every single aspect. I think Discovery's a bit more successful with their programming, but like in general, though, it just is such a like. Oh, well, you've got a nature show. We've got a nature show. You've got comics. So do we. What else can we grab? (laughs) You've got comics. So do we. Look, I've thought about, you know, it sucks because when you look back, you can see where you've spent just as much money on streaming stuff as you have on, you would have on cable. And people are always like, you could have just bought cable. And I'm like, I watch all this shit without commercials. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, that's what I'm paying for, is to watch cable without commercials. I I do not look at Amazon, like, at all. I, I very rarely look at Amazon Prime. Um, it is last on the list. I know that Amazon's not going to get acquired by anybody. They're going to keep their shit. And I've no. thought about canceling my Amazon Prime lately, because everything went from two-day to four-day delivery and shit. And it's not the reason I have Amazon Prime, you know. But... It's so hard to break that tie because you're like, yeah. what if? Like, what there if? might be something cool, you know? And I look, I, I really hope that Discovery doesn't fuck anything up, and I don't think they will because you just acquired a company that's worth how you acquired this a company that's worth twice as much as you, and you just bought them out or acquired them, which is weird to me. I don't know. There's a reason it's... I'm not in financial, but the whole thing seems fucking weird. Don't fuck it... up the Harry Potter game in 2022. Well. Don't fuck with up Batman. Ac- with the acquisition AT&T did, I think they bit off more than they chew uh, financial-wise. I think they took too much money to buy the Warner Media, and they were like, oh, shit, we're, we might have to file bankruptcy. Shit, we got to dump this. And oh, I think okay. that's what happened here, is that they were basically like, uh, we need some thing. But the problem is, is that they sold it for a lesser amount to Discovery, so they're not even like they made the money back that they paid for it. So now they're still kind of in debt for doing that initial transaction. So I don't know. They're fucked either way. <laughs> yeah. Warner Media made $30.4 billion in 2020. Uh, Discovery made $10.7 billion. Holy um, shit. Jesus Christ. Netflix put $17 billion a year into new content for Netflix original. Disney is planning on hitting $14 to $16 billion by 2020. Netflix this year put $17 billion. People still aren't catching up three years from now to what Netflix is putting towards their movies this year. What the fuck do you do with that? Like, and that's just movies and shows and stuff, like, and stand-up specials. That's not even including because I heard rumors that Netflix is going to be trying to get into the gaming world. I I don't know anything more than that uh, without taking time to dig into it, but I don't want to. It's like Amazon's Luna program. It's just. It's what a lot of companies are trying to get into, and they're just trying to make a video game uh, streaming service. Gotcha. So okay. it's like Google's or uh, yeah, Stadia or whatever. Stadia, yeah. Huh. 
But at any rate, seventeen million just for like this, like not million, sorry, billion. We're a talking billion. crazy <laughs> amount of money, like million. Remember, bullshit. like remember when a million bucks was like holy crap. I mean, that's still like holy crap money to us. Blank check, <laughs> like nineteen ninety three, bro. Macintosh cashed a fucking million dollar check and bought everything, and yeah. never seemed like he was running out of money. Yeah. I mean, he had go-karts and big bowling balls and fucking a house with a water slide to a pool for a million dollars. Yeah. yeah One million. I, I have a house less than a block away from me for sale for 940000 It is one-eighth the size that the house that this motherfucker in blank check bought. <laughs> this is bullshit. Inflation is a motherfucker. It's crazy, man. But... I don't know, we'll see what happens. Like, hopefully, nothing gets affected too traumatically from it. But it's too, uh, yeah. It's, um, but let's move on. That's that's business talk. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Wall Street education. Um, um, as we do on uh, the Retro Nama Con podcast, we eat, uh, and we have a couple things to talk about on that front. First of all, they made new Pop-Tarts. And who doesn't love a new Pop-Tart? We'll talk about that in a second. What I want to talk about is you started a cooking show. And we have transferred the name Retro Nom 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 into an actual cooking show. And I say we because I'm going to take half the credit. You have to. But Rick is putting out cooking show content. Fungicational content. Fungicational. Fun, edu- yeah, fungicational. Ed, ed, edutainment. Edutainment cooking stuff. It's just stuff that I learned, like, throughout the years of, like, just out of necessity of knowing how to cook. Like, which is nice. Anybody who doesn't know how to cook really should learn how to cook. I think it's a skill that, I mean, it's fun. In this day and age, do we need to cook to survive? No, you can have everything delivered to you. But it's nice to be able to go, hey, I made this meal. What do you think? Oh, you like it? It's edible? Oh, score. But, yeah, we... we uh, you know, off their like Retronomicon brand that we're building. We've got our podcast, which is going great. So I thought, let's start the Retro Nom Nom Nom, which started as a weird, just like one off goof, like pun. Yeah. I'm going to have we to find like, the clip of like when yeah. it gets said the first time and the mind blowing silence that came after. It was just like, holy fuck. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Good. Got <laughs> it. Mine. You know, but, uh, by the time you guys hear this, uh, these these videos are going to be going up on Monday, I think. Yeah, is what we're going to shoot for Mondays. Yeah. So don't expect one every Monday because the man is busy. Uh, but you can expect to see some retro nom nom videos. And this week, go ahead, what'd you make? We made, if I remember correctly, we did a uh, we did the oh, chicken the run pot pie. That's the one. The, the chicken, chicken run, run pot, pot pie. So I thought it'd be fun to like include. A movie or something pop culture-y into the title so that way i can not only make the meal but i can talk about a movie that i enjoyed either as a kid or just whatever so chicken run pot pie it just made sense so, so that's chicken the run is one. the wallace and gromit style yeah yeah right? yeah the yeah. uh Ardman studios i think it is who created wallace and gromit yeah. they did a movie with mel gibson back in the day before um, he was a I don't expect I mean, I'm talking this up. It's a lot of fun to do, oh. but it's it's not your usual cooking show. It's kind of like, hey, here's a dude with his cell phone just showing people how he makes meals for his family. And my family is in it. 
and yeah. it is disruptive and i'm not afraid to shy away from it whatever you might think about that when normal people be it. yeah it's I mean, just like this is life like what i like you know a, yeah. a one million you're not gonna see fucking studio shrimp flipping into <laughs> fucking pockets or anything like that like but at the end of it you're gonna have a pretty good fucking know-how to how to make some goddamn pot pie i i've got to view the video and whether he wants to talk it up or not i thought it was fantastic i laughed i learned it, it's great and and again you know we go back to like building that retronomicon brand at the end of the day we just want to put out more content for people yeah. to enjoy we think we're funny and whether you think we're funny we don't care because i hate my job and so i do stuff when i get home to take my mind off of my job yeah. you know and it, this is something he does every night anyway so why not take yeah. you guys on a fucking flavor town adventure yeah so mondays which we'll call like munching mondays or munch munching on the monday i don't know I got work in to, progress uh retro, with that being said num, num, num. you'll be able to find it on the facebook pages mm -hmm. uh and soon to be the youtube channel so hopefully we'll have a link for the youtube in there where you'll be able to rewatch any of these live vods uh the retro nom 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 some like highlight stuff from either me or rick playing games so Hopefully, we'll just have more places for you guys to, uh, you know, go mm, us. So, <clears throat> anyways, uh, second thing, okay, is Pop-Tart. So, again, we've said it before. Rick and I both, you know, on the husky side, I like to eat. I like to eat sweets. I love oh. cereal, even though mm. in my older age, I'm becoming lactose intolerant. Like, I can't eat shit dairy in it. But. What Pop Tart did is they were like, "Oh, you don't you don't do good with dairy. Like, how about just more sugar? Like, here you go." Because they released a Fruit Loops Pop Tart. Okay, I tell you what, they figured out how to fucking make it taste oh, like Fruit Loops old milk. It is straight wizardry. How it's like, there's no way they captured a Fruit Loops. Oh my God, they did it! I don't like immediately. I bit into it. I was just like, "This is gonna be a fucking strawberry Pop Tart." Because yeah, you know. No, no. They poured milk into a blender with some Pop-Tart shit and some gelatin shit. And they were like, guess what? There's your feeling. And we're going to coat it with this cream sauce that they can never put on straight. But <laughs> away from that, it tasted like a fucking bowl of Fruit Loops. I could not believe it. Give me a Fruity Pebbles one or an Apple Jacks oh. one. Yeah, now they've opened up this like realm of possibilities of like, you can literally do that. You can do start, this. Start getting with some of these other Dude, General Mills or whoever. I want like, Waffle Crisp Pop-Tart. Give it to me. Do Give it. Give it to me. There's no reason not to. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so Fruit Loops Pop-Tart, uh, get it. I'm going to start buying extra one of these things when I get it so I can do like a retro nom nom video at some point, uh, yeah. which I still am sitting on the Moa Burger pringles uh that'll come out sometime this week i'm gonna throw a random video of that it'll be like three minutes of me being like these are bad pringles uh <laughs> but i haven't tried them they're still unopened this is a collector's item right now but that'll pop come that soon enough pop it no pop that once top. i pop i can't stop that's so. right <laughs> we got a show to do uh but yeah fruit loop pop tarts fucking 100 percent. probably not great for breakfast i would not suggest warming them up i'm sure they're fine but Cereal is meant to be cold, not hot. I'm not going to warm that, them up. Yeah, that's a wild thing, like, with Pop-Tarts is that, like, 
their big thing now is like they're pushing like you can freeze them, you can eat them at room temp, or you can toast toast them up. Like me, I'm always just like, no, I just grab a package, open it up, and go to town. Like, yeah, that's how I am. I'm, I'm never going to take the time to fucking warm. It's not a toaster strudel, motherfucker. Yeah. And I understand yeah. the name Pop-Tart. You know, it's like fucking toaster pops. But I just don't care. And that shit turns out to be lava, and now I hate Pop-Tarts. You know? And so I just eat them out of the package, and I'll eat yeah. all 12 of them in a sitting. Because Oof. that's how we do in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty damn good. Shall we jump into the nostalgia? Uh, yes. Let's. Uh, Let's... we've we've talked about some Disney stuff today. So we, yeah, um, we jumped into another topic that, at the surface level, you think, oh, okay, this is this is easy peasy lemon squeezy. This is 1995 all over again. <laughs> Pixar. It, it's crazy. It's the places it went. Um, shall I just start going into a bit of its history? Yeah, yeah, because I got a couple things I want to touch on as you kind of go through this. Excellent. Okay, so started in 1979 in partnership with George Lucas. Um, he basically... Crazy. Did not know yeah. that. Okay. Oh, yeah. First fact I wrote down was Lucasfilm Computer Graphics Project. Yeah. What the fuck? Go ahead. The clout of that man to go, you know what? We need a computer. We Computers are fascinating. They should be able to do more. And then he grabs this guy... Uh, Curtail, Cattail, uh, I, can't, I can't remember his name. I know I have it written down. It'll come up later. But anyway, 1979. That's kind of when it gets jumped. When it's just like, we need more computer stuff for the film industry. There's there's something here. So uh, a few years go by, 1984. Their first short film, The Adventures of Andre and Wally B, gets made and released. And it, you know, it has some critical acclaim. 1986, off the back of that little... Um, short film they released steve job buys uh what would become pixar from lucasfilm yes crazy okay because there was a lot of weird stuff that happened in this amount of time for people that don't know steve jobs did a lot of stuff before apple uh including on working on and for atari atari founded by a name named nolan bushnell and i think i've talked about this guy on here before also a large founder of a place called uh, Pizza Time Theaters, which eventually turns into and owned Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, so he actually was kind of in in animation at one point because they put out an animated Chuck E. Cheese short film or something along the lines of that. But Steve Jobs worked for this guy. like So Steve, you know, always been a computer nerd, like always. Also kind of had this weird little background in animation studios due to what Chuck E. Cheese was doing and the stuff that he was doing for Atari. Did not realize he was ever part of Pixar, though. Like, absolutely insane to me. Because this is like pre-Steve Wozniak or whatever. And it's just like, it was wild to me when I saw his name pop up. I was like, of course you fucking did. Like, <laughs> like of course yeah. you were part of Pixar. Yeah, in less than a decade, you go from being a... Uh, uh underneath the guise of George Lucas to being bought out by Steve fucking jobs. Like that's insane. So Steve they go fucking on, jobs. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's what those are two huge names in any geek realm that you go to. Like everybody knows those names. So you could almost just say the name yeah. and kind of go on, even though it's like George Lucas, you know, he created one of the biggest trilogies of all time. But anyway, uh, also and then, one of so, the reasons that one of the biggest animation factories of all time is still a thing. Can you believe it? I mean, look, 
I it just it's crazy. I do want to like the nineteen eighty six, so nominated for an Oscar, mm-hmm. uh, and it was kind of cool. This this short film I think is like two minutes long. It's called Luxo Junior, mm-hmm. uh, and it is about their lamp, the, the lamp the that eventually lamp. becomes part of the Pixar animation logo, um, which is something that was cool because I don't know if I'd ever seen this short. Uh, and it's pretty much a big lamp and a small lamp. Uh, one of the other things I wrote down is like while watching the video, the ball, there's a ball that the little lamp is playing with and jumping on. The same ball appears in Toy Story in 1995, which was like a cool thing because I remember the ball in Toy Story yeah. and seeing it in a 1986 short, which a couple of their short films early in the early days really played in to that original Toy Story, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. But it was like really cool to see that like Oscar nominated by Pixar and they ended up throwing a lot of that first movie, that 86, not including the Wally B movie, but that 86 movie into a lot of the later stuff, which was like super interesting for me because it was just like their own little callback and throwback to before oh, yeah. they were doing movies. They absolutely love doing Easter eggs of themselves. Callbacks to either their early days, because I think one of the things that constantly shows up is the uh, A121. No, that's not it. What is it? The... There's a number that constantly pops up, whether it's a license plate or a code. Oh, or, yeah. That's one of the things. But they love that doing that kind of – that they constantly throw it. And it's and it's fascinating that they always throw in Easter eggs either to other movies or whatever. But moving on, 1989, Pixar completes first commercial for Tropicana Orange Juice. And in that same year, they did Tin Toy, which was the first 3D short film to win an Academy Award. Crazy. Uh, I do want to touch on a little bit before they get to this – Pixar, what made them so interesting is they did their own, like, tech. Like, yeah. they were very on, like, pushing the envelope of what computers could actually do. Um, and Disney actually bought some proprietary technology yeah. from Pixar uh, back in 1985 to be able to use the software. So, although not a Pixar movie, per se, it is the first time Pixar tech was seen in that entertainment industry in a full-length movie, and that's in The Black Cauldron, uh, 1985, and you were seeing Pixar tech in that movie. Yeah, Crazy. yeah, that, that's a fair point to bring out, that they're not just, like, pushing the boundaries, like, of what you see. It's the stuff that get used just not by their studio, but by, I'm sure, industry-wide. It's just like, this is the standard. We use the stuff that Pixar created. Which... Yeah, I mean, they, they were ahead of their time at a time where computers were not technically supposed to be able to do some of the stuff that they were doing and that and that I'll lead that right into that that ten toy uh movie because this is like the first thing that you get to see this short I should say um where this was toy story I mean it was what toy yeah. story turned into like you can see yeah. everything about it uh going from six years later what they ended up doing with toy story <laughs> it, it was just it was insane and watching that ten toy video. You're like, oh, no, like this is definitely what set them apart. And you can see all the graphics and animations that they used in that original 11-minute short were practically redone for Toy Story, just a yeah. better, you know, refined version of it. It, it, was, it was super cool to go see, like, even in those three years from, like, 86 to 89, how their animations progressed um, to even six years after that 89 to seeing Toy Story and then what they turned into. And it, it's just... It's insane how fast technology took a jump in such a short amount of time, in 10 years, from, from yeah. Black Cauldron in 85 to Toy Story in 95. 
It's it's absolutely I, nutty. That's what we'll see over and over again with these movies is that every preceding movie is just so much better than the previous. And it shows that they're like, they're not ones to rest on their laurels. They're going to look at it and be like, what can we do differently? What can we do better? And off of that Oscar win, they were like, you know what? Let's, in 1991, they make the decision to go and make a fully uh, computer-generated feature-length film, like an hour and a half at least. And so the work begins with Toy Story. That leads to four years later, all while still doing commercials and other short things for people. That baby looked like the Ally McBill baby during it, that yeah. short. <laughs> That's all I could think about. Not, November 22nd, 1995, Toy Story gets released and becomes the highest grossing movie of 1995, which ties into our previous episode. Yeah. Yeah. 1995, Huge. just a banger year. Um, yeah, because I think they made like $373 million at the box office, which was Huge. was crazy because they didn't expect it. And they didn't expect it to the point where when they were looking to release Toy Story 2, so Toy Story 2 came out four years later. When they were looking to release Toy Story 2, everyone there thought that they were just going to release a 60-minute movie straight to video because they did not think that they were going to hit like that again, which yeah. turns out to be wrong um, because Toy Story 2 is just as big, if not bigger, than the first one. Um, but it, it's kind of crazy because if you look at like how they've progressed in their movies, I would have told you that this list was going to be a, a lot longer. Um but what's crazy, and we kind of touched on it with Disney using their software, Pixar's got their hands in like a lot of pots, um, especially mm-hmm. now being owned by Disney. But like they they were part of so many movies while creating their own movies. Their list of movies, strictly with their name on it, is at twenty three. I would have bet money that it was double that. Yeah, it's but absolutely not, insane. It's not to say that there isn't, you know, if people you if they incorporated people using their technologies and stuff. I'm sure that list is every movie that was released from, you know, <laughs> yeah. eighty five to to currently. It, they probably weren't a piece of it in some way or another, but they will never get. I mean, they get that accolade as people in the industry are like, yeah, we use the Pixar guys stuff because well, it's the best. Um, but Toy Story is recognized by the Academy Awards for Best Original Song, Best Original Score, and also Best Original Screenplay. This was the first time an animated film got recognized for screenwriting. No is, kidding. They're I just mean, breaking records every yeah. which way. I mean, again, we can talk about their track record, but to look back at a, a movie like Toy Story, it being animated and having the story that it did... You know, with him being lost and making his way back and feeling rejected and getting the new toy and the jealousy and and puberty, everything that they did that especially, you know, when this movie came out, I had just turned six. So, like, it was right up my alley. I know that that aged you a bit. I know. But like Toy Story was like pinpoint Toby time. But I also was able to rewatch that movie the older that I got and take more and more from it and lessons from it that when I was six, I would have never comprehended. And it was just crazy to think that a movie like that stands the test of time while being an animated movie, a children's movie, for lack of a better word. God, Toy Story. So from this success, obviously, where do you go from here? Well, you stop doing commercials. You stop doing the small stuff. You focus on doing the big stuff, feature films. And like you were saying, 
let's see, 1997, Disney and Pixar announced a joint agreement to produce five movies over the next 10 years. Mostly this is just Disney kind of hitching their wagon to them saying, hey, we'll help distribute if you just create these things. And they so did 19- five over the next six years. That, so I didn't read that little thing that you just did. It's just like 98, 99, 2001, 2003, 2004. Yeah. They crank this stuff out. So we've got 98 is Bugs Life with the short. And this is kind of when they also start adding a short before before the, the, the yeah, feature. You, you get to start you seeing Bugs their Life little... with, with Jerry's Game, which is a fantastic one. 99, we get Toy Story 2 with Luxo Jr., uh, kind of an updated version of Luxo Jr. Uh, 2001, Monsters, Inc. with For the Birds. Uh, 2003, Finding Nemo with Knickknack. Um 2004 Incredibles, which is the best Fantastic Four movie that's been made. <laughs> yeah, we we have to talk about a couple of these before we get too crazy down this list. Yeah, stop me as I go through it because I, so, I would just keep going. A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life is the one with Dennis Leary as no, Hopper. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, he plays the bad guy. Yeah. Um, fucking fantastic movie. Like, Phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, There's so much going on in that movie that they're able to cram into it, but not make it feel like overwhelming. Yeah. You know? And it's such like a, especially coming off the back of like, honey, I shrunk the kids, that whole little Ooh. big world type of feeling. Yeah. They did so good with where everything from like the flea circus, something that kids <laughs> nowadays probably have no idea, yeah, but right. like they were able to put, and again, another one of those movies that had such crazy underlying adult content. You know, with with the grasshoppers talking about how if the ants ever realized that they outnumber them 10 to 1, it would be nothing for them to squish the grasshoppers from taking all their food, you know? And, like, we see that meme floating around with stuff that's going on today from a movie that was in 98. This is what, the Clinton era? You know? (laughs) And they're they're doing stuff. Uh, And then you get into Toy Story 2, which, you know, we don't have to talk about too much. Um, As their number three movie, it's... It's fucking Toy Story 2. Which people wanted it. Is where they're collectibles? Yes. That's okay. where we get Jesse Bullseye. Jesse, thank you. Uh what's his face? The claim jumper guy. The uh the yeah. Prospector. You know, Prospector. That's it. Yeah. So again, And the quality of these movies from, from ninety five to ninety eight, the the scenery that they use in Bugs Life, the stills of the nature, the trees, the leaves, the rocks, everything is so texture and like Holy moly, like, sure, you've got these cartoon ants and grasshoppers that look legit with their little details. But, like, the scenery around it was so lush. And you're like, I kind of want to live in that world. And then Toy Story 2 coming back and taking what we saw in Toy Story 1 and just upping it just that much more with, here's a dog and all this other Again, you go to that that big, small world thing where it's just like they to see the world from a perspective of something that we could never be small enough to see from, you know? And they made it look and feel so real, especially in A Bug's Life, um, Toy Story, when they're like going through the crossing the road, them crossing the goddamn road. uh, It's just so it's so good. Uh, Two years later, in November 2001, you get one of it's one of the movies that made Billy Crystal's career and also ruined Billy Crystal's career because they drop Monsters, Inc. John Goodman, Billy Crystal, fucking I don't even know who the little girl was. I think she it was, was perfect. A pro- I think she was just some production assistants, like fucking, you know, adorable. some weird. Like we just need someone to babble into the microphone for a few. <laughs> yeah, and 
like that movie just again you talk about like underlying things or you just don't realize when you're a kid because it's just an animated first of all randall scary as fuck like the way that that dude moved Mm. in his little fucking millipede body get the fuck out of here with that you know (laughs) and then like it's crazy to see like i said the mike wazowski and like they just did something with so little that added so much depth to like a monsters in the closet type of thing because there were and they can yeah. go all over the fucking world like Santa Claus. <laughs> I like the concept of Monsters, Inc., of the monster in the closet, but then in the real world, they're like, just everyday folks just doing a job. Yeah, they're, like, they're just... Yeah, you can see how they're scary for sure, but then, like, in the light of day, you're like, oh, they're just silly looking. Yeah, they're you just know? Like, people, you know? Not that Randall was the scariest one, dude. Yeah, you know? like... Sneaky bastard. That poor guy that kept getting the socks stuck on him and all of his shit shaved <laughs> off. Like, he was, it turned out to be a lot scarier than he did when he went in. Yeah, that's true. Shave a ball, that poor. Monsters, Inc., man. Like, that movie, I feel like, changed the tone of where, what was we were about to get out of Pixar. I mean, because, yes, Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, amazing movies. But Monsters, Inc. really was, like, the turning point when you start looking at the rest of the list that they were hitting their stride in Monsters, Inc. with with yeah. their own IPs. They weren't playing off of anything else. They were making up their own stories and their own animation and then pushing that further after every movie because we get Monsters, Inc. and then two years later, in May of 03, they drop Finding Nemo. Oh, and that movie. It, we like, used to put our yeah. kids to sleep to that because the ocean in it is so calming. Sure, there's frantic action and the music and all that. But like for the most part, though, just the waves and the subtle sound of the waves puts them right to sleep. We used to use that all the time with with our kid to be like, oh, also got, a movie that time. I cried on. They they talk about death. You know, they talk about uh, uh, like getting lost, like all these things that as a kid now given in 2003, I'm hitting like 13, 14 years old. So starting to fall out of my realm. OK, I'm not a high schooler yet. I'm still in middle school. But, like, Finding Nemo, because Monsters, Inc. really hit, like, a a bone, especially in a kid that was starting to come into puberty, hormonal, stuff like that. Whereas, like, there was times on Monsters, Inc. where, like, you're like, no, no, she's going to come back to him. Like, it's going to be fine, you know? Oh. But then you get Finding Nemo, which just, let me just kick you in the dick from the beginning, you know? And that's what they did. And it, it's just crazy. He's he's a fish with a deformity, with with a with a handicap. Yeah. His mom gets murdered ruthlessly. Straight up. Just gone. Barracuda. Uh, and then you've got a single dad that's trying to raise oh. his, you know, special needs child in a dangerous as fuck ocean. And he's scared, yeah. just like any he parent know- would be. It was such a real movie and turned out to be so fucking good. Oh. And with Dory and Ellen DeGeneres, like the whole, and the, the fucking stoner turtles. Cruising the yeah. Australian pipeline or whatever. Some, some will be way Sydney. The jellyfish in that thing are phenomenal. Like everything in yeah. that movie is so just incredible looking. And the way they did it, you know, like it was a nature show. Oh, it truly was good just, story. Just a testament to how good they are at like showing the realism, but still throwing a cartoon flair on it. So that way it's not, they could do realism. If they wanted a realistic ass movie, they could have had it just talking fish, but nobody would have bought that. Cause it'd be like, this is too creepy, man. Yeah. But yeah, to prove what they could do. Ruin shit like that too. <laughs> with the next movie. Cause one of the gripes that people always had was like, 
their human people never look like human people. So for their next film, The Incredibles, one of my they top were like, ten favorite oh, movies. Oh yeah, look what we. Not only are they going to be people, they're going to be people with the superest of superpowers. I mean, look, Elastigirl's got a dumper on her. Oh, so. good lord! <laughs> like, she, she she's a mom, and she can yeah, still get it that's... though. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and they the, allude they the allude incredible. to it in the movie. They really don't like. They show like a family. Of what a family is. Yes, there's infighting, there's arguments, there's all this stuff, there's self-doubt, there's, I've got to do this alone because I, I'm afraid for you. And like, oh, I, I yes, the Incredibles. Just, yeah, because it, it put real people problems on superhuman people. And in a time that was so tough because like, for them, what they were was, it's like X-Men, where like, they're banned, pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, they're not supposed to be who they are and they're in hiding and you can't, you know, so for them, him to get the chance to live like coming, especially coming from us, nostalgia to get that old feeling of self back. And then all of your family have powers the same to see like the come together and why you want superheroes. It was such a good movie from start to finish. One of my top 10 all time favorites. Uh, Every part of that movie is amazing. It's every part. Including Jack Jack, even though the first movie he was dumb, the second I mean, movie turns out to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> I like I like when they're at the race for Dash and they're like only by a little bit. He's only like, slow down. Uh, too much. Too place, much. Second place is good. Second yeah. place is good. Because <laughs> they didn't want him to play sports because they knew he could just beat them, and it was just. And that's yeah. what kids want to do. Like they want to be a part of it, but they can't because they're different. And like especially with. Um, the eldest child, why can't I can't remember Violet. Violet? Like, like they nailed each power where it's like, yes, moms are super flexible, they can be here, there, and everywhere. Dads are the strength of it. You know, they're they're here, they're strong, they're stalwart. Kids like Dash are just speed demons, like each one of their powers. And then Violet, it's like, I just want to be invisible. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to stand. She was out. the emo oh. teenager. She had teenage. By angst. the end? fucking confident she's like i could rock your world boy we're dating on friday yeah it's like you're taking me to the movies motherfucker okay. <laughs> i love that they men in black erase that kid's mind you know yeah. like... <laughs> oh and the babysitter yeah the babysitter. <laughs> i don't want you to freak out but jack jack's doing something really weird <laughs> oh, and the vil- oh it's so great anyway moving yeah. on we, we can, can spend, spend an, an hour, hour doing yeah. a, a, its own episode on incredibles um and we might need to. Uh, 2006 Cars, the first Cars movie comes out with the one-man band short. Still great. Um, the one-man band short is actually super memorable. Actually, I don't know why I remember that one, but as soon as you said it. Yeah. Cars with Owen Wilson, like Lightning McQueen, Mater with Larry the Cable Guy during his height of success. Again, it's just a, a thing that they turned into real life. It's a dying community because of something got built somewhere else. And it's their way to turn around yeah. their community and make it relevant again. And it just so happened to take a famous person that needed humbling yeah. to come in and see what this kind of life was about and why it was important. We Amazing fucking one. movie, too. Like, okay. there's not okay. many movies on this list that I'm going to be like, trash. Yeah, yeah, truly. Like, every single one, I think, is a solid movie. Just Some are just on a pedestal that's all their own. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's your Monsters, Inc. stuff and... You know, some of the other ones on here for sure. Um, it's hard to not say all of them. Like, the yeah. original Toy Story, hands down. Because like, they're all their... 
They're all their own. Yeah, it, exactly. Like they're they're good in their own right, but if you were gonna be like burn one and keep one, Monsters Inc. Bugs Life, like I'm sorry, Bugs Life, you gotta go. Yeah, because we're I not losing to. Monsters Inc. It's just not gonna happen. So oh, that that'd be a tough fuck Mary kill, wouldn't it? On oh, this list, bro. like choose three, like oh, Finding fine. Nemo. Yeah, you could like, <laughs> fuck, you could do Monsters Inc., Toy Story, and The Incredibles, and I think Toy Story's leaving. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's a fifty fifty chance hard. because like I'm marrying The Incredibles. It's hard not to fuck the Monsters Inc., but then you got little Bo Peep. Is she a little? Yeah, you don't have to think about that. She a little some some. <laughs> we got know? the snakehead girl. That's 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 where it's at. Oh yeah, well yeah. That's a weird thing. Uh, 2006, Disney <laughs> announces it will buy Pixar with uh, Ed Catmull and John Lasseter heading the Walt Disney Disney Animation Studios. That was part of the agreement that, yes, we'll, we'll purchase you. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? You're making yeah. us money already. And so they just have these two OGs, like their original guys, Ed Catmull from the beginning, John Lasseter, their first like director that they picked up. Do you have what they paid for it in front of you? I do not. Take a wild guess. Uh, One... No, that's not right. It's like a hundred million or something like that. Seven point four billion in two thousand six. They so, didn't even buy Star Wars for that much. Look, Microsoft just bought Bethesda for that much. Okay, just to look seven point four billion. This is in two thousand six. <sighs> so I mean, you're looking at like fucking five hundred trillion in twenty twenty one money. <laughs> but they've put out at, at to this point. So when did they buy it? Uh, 2006. July? Uh, I don't have the oh, okay. So we'll include Cars, which came out in 2006. So at that point, they put out seven movies. So they just got bought out by Disney for a billion dollars in IP. Two of those movies within the Toy Story universe. So each one of the movies they put out in Disney's eyes was worth $7 billion. Enough I to mean... buy them out. I'm sure the amount of money that those previous movies had made up to that point probably amounted to some serious fucking funds. Oh, a hundred. I mean, Toy Story alone with what three hundred seventy-three million. Yeah, and it yeah. made at least that. So you're, I mean, you're getting close to a billion with just the one IP at that point. Yeah, not including yeah. Finding Nemo's Monsters Inc. because they're hitting everything by that point. Like Pixar's attached to it, people are going to see it, especially yeah. leading up to that 2006 season. And cars, like that's their number one merchandiser right there. Crazy. That, that moves more merchandise. That that franchise alone moves more merchandise than all the other ones combined. It makes that's insane money for them. But it makes sense because little kids like cars. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, 2007 Ratatouille, my eldest kid's favorite Pixar movie. I love this. Uh, movie. Gets gets released with lifted with uh, Patton Oswalt as uh, Remy. I I love Ratatouille. I think it's I think it's one of the most underrated Pixar movies they've ever put out. It's so like, enjoyable. It's great. It's great. The story's great. It's built in France. You know, it's about a fuck up and yeah. a rat that wants to not be a fuck up. You know, we don't ask questions when mice talk. They're funny, uh, and he's he can cook his fucking ass off. That being said, I don't want a rat to cook my food. Yeah, seriously. You know? I don't care if he uses a droplet of water <laughs> five, to wash his hands. Five star yeah, or not. Building, you know? I, I don't I don't need the rat. So it's but, it's fun in practice. Ratatouille, not, great movie yeah. as well. This uh, two, th oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh two thousand eight, we got Wally -E with uh Presto. Um I mean Wally. -E, like You want to talk about a social commentary movie? 
seriously. I mean, they it's did just, it animated before we realized where it's we a reality. <laughs> That's some Nostradamus type shit. If you guys haven't seriously. seen Wally, watch Wally. It's what the world's turning into right now. I can have food delivered to me, and I bet you if I asked nicely, the driver would bring it in and just stick it on my table. Oh, a hundred percent. I could call my no... DoorDasher and be like, "Yo, this is the deal. That Chipotle. I'm gonna need you to bring it into my house. There's a twenty-five sitting on the counter." Fucking add it to your credit account or whatever. Boom. I'll, I'll, you could pay a DoorDasher enough to probably put it in your mouth. <laughs> okay. Hypothetical. You're a DoorDasher. <laughs> what's, what's your price for, for you to like give somebody their first bite? Like You walk in. doesn't matter what the person looks like. It's just the person because we don't need to go there. Okay. And they say, hey, here's mm, amount of money for you to just – I just want you to feed me in my first bite, and then you can leave. Just That's one it. bite. Just, no, just nothing weird. This isn't a sexual no, nothing thing. Nothing weird. This isn't like, uh, bro, hey, I'm cheap. I'm cheap. Yeah. Like, if I walk in the house and the dude's just like, yo, I got five bucks if you put that fucking first bite of Chipotle burrito in my mouth, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is on top of what you're already tipping me, right? This isn't to get my tip. And I'm feeding that man. Yeah. You know? They're, they're, you, we started to get weird stuff. Like, my price still isn't unbelievable even if it is a sexual thing yeah, like right. as a door dasher instead of it being five dollars if you're like yo it fucking does something for me if you feed me this banana i'm gonna be like look man, it's gonna be like fucking 15 bucks a bite and yeah, i'll right. sit here all night go <laughs> or dude i don't care you know like i'll feed this motherfucker it, it yeah. wouldn't take much anyways wally doesn't That's do what... sexual feeding <laughs> <laughs> that that took a turn. Sorry, I. You know how it goes. It's all right. We're thing. gonna bring the mood down with this next Pixar movie. Two thousand nine, a lot, a, a year that'll live in infamy because of this film. That I don't care how cold hearted you are. I don't care how stoic a I'm motherfucker tearing you up think right now, are. dude. Goddamn. The movie Up gets released. Uh, first, uh, just a little trivia. First feature feast. God damn it. First animated feature film to open Cannes Film Festival. Huge. Crazy. And either one of the best first 15 minutes of a movie or the worst first 15 minutes of a movie of all time. Like, I've watched that movie all the way through one time. Like, it hit that hard. It It, it is so tough. Like, Because even if you fast forward through the first 20 minutes to where the boy finally shows up. You yeah. still know what the fuck happened in the first 15 yeah. minutes. It's the most depressing, god-awful thing. Now, given the outcome is fantastic or whatever, but it does not disguise the fact that they they really just did a number with your feelings at the beginning of that. Like, I called my grandmother immediately. They do a wonderful thing about showing you a life worth living. Like, despite all the downfalls that they endured as a couple... They were still able to go through it. God damn it, I'm gonna start tearing up. And and have a life. Like seriously, like they lived a life and they loved each other until until the end. Where it was crazy. That, that's where we're all gonna go. Fuck but you. But then Pixar. not only that, but his journey begins. So yeah, we start on kind of a down note, but it only builds from there. Yeah, now it's a life can... after a life. It, yeah. It's that dude talking about this fucking movie is fucking me up right now. It's, like, it's wild. It's fucking me up. I can feel my fucking eyes getting watery. Watch up. That, if you've never seen up, it is, a, it is, it may be one of the best movies that Pixar movie. has ever done. 
even though it is one of my most hated movies. Because it is it's, so fucking real and so good to be a children's animated comedy that, like, I think it's... And even talking about it right now, like, I think it has such a bad rap because of that. Because of the way that they start that movie and what it turns into and what it's about. But hands down, you want to talk about one of the best storytelling experiences from an no animated doubt. anything. You That's got to be... It's got to be in the running. Because, I mean, that thing hits every note that you can hit in any movie ever. It, it's just hands down. I, it, like I said, I I will stand tall here and tell you how I hate watching that movie. But it is probably Pixar's best. Everything about that movie is probably their best. It does the thing that all good films do. Or at least films that you love to the point that you almost want to incorporate it into your identity. It sticks with you and just like makes you like, holy like makes you feel and that's what a good movie does yeah. whether it's most of the time you're laughing at a pixar movie you know and then but this one makes you feel in the beginning it completely makes you feel from the beginning when they meet at kids to the rest of it it it's just great it's great filmmaking yeah. not just for animation i mean it's a feat in animation because normally when you see animation you think ah it's kids stuff that's just fluff whatever this is the turning point for pixar for them adding a level of like maturity to their movies where yeah. it's like, we're not just going to hit you in the funny bone. We're going to hit you in your heart dick. And it's, it's your hurt. heart dick. <laughs> like Right in the heart dick too, dude. They just they fucking, tease it up perfectly. Oh, you think you've had enough motherfucker? Oh, not like here's some more. It. Here comes toy story three. Yeah. It's so, released in 2010 with the excellent, one of my favorite shorts of theirs called day and night. I don't know if um, I remember that one. This is with uh, the nighttime and the daytime. They're set together, and there's the sun, and different things happen. Check it out if you haven't checked that one out. It's a highlight in their short films. Day and sure. night. Um, but Toy Story 3 gets released. Like, what's not to be said about this? This is the first time that, you know, um, Andy's grown up. He's going to college. So the toys accidentally get put into what would be the Donation. discard pile. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. They end up at a child care, and... You know, the movie kind of goes from there. We don't have to really go through plot points, but, like, it's one that grows. And toward the end there, there's a moment where you start feeling for these toys that we've known for, geez, at this point, 14 years, something like that? Or I mean, they're on the verge of death years. at yeah. that point. Right? It's where and toys like, go to die. Is this how we end this franchise? Is on this note of, like, what? Yeah. I Look, after Up, I'd leave it up to Pixar to <laughs> fuck me in the ass. Right? So... <laughs> You're Luckily, like, they did it. Fortunately, uh, yeah. So that's 2010. So a year later, June 2011, they dropped Cars 2. Um, not I saw the head nod. Not their best movie. They're, like you said, Cars is their most profitable IP yeah. that they have. So, of course, we're going to get another one. Absolutely. Is it nearly as good as the first one? No. But it's fine. It's a good movie. Kids loved it. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it because it is what it is. Um I'll let you take this next one because this one, you're the reason oh, I watched this. Th this one, 2012, they released Brave. This one is such a departure from like, I mean, everything that's like Pixar is just like, what can we do? What can we take and like put it on its head? Or They're do very good like with cultural things. Like you look oh, at Ratatouille cool. being in, in France. Um, yeah. You know, Brave is Ireland. Scotland. 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 Yeah. Don't take offense to that. Oh, they had the Irish yeah. wolfhound. That's, so, that's the reason I want that dog. Scottish wolfhound. Well, <laughs> they have an Irish same, wolfhound. Same, same breed, 
But um, Irish, Scottish, same, same. I, I mean, <laughs> we don't have to get into the movie, but it is one of the best, for me at least, because culturally yeah. it, it hits in a spot that's great, and it's just where you want it to be for all things Scotland with the Highland Games and the way that it used to be with marrying up off your kid to help uh, assign truces to other things. Um, yeah, so... Brave gets released with a movie called La Luna, which is a fantastic film where basically it's how the um, it's with the moon and basically the different uh, phases of the moon. And they show like these little workers that work on it and stuff. Super incredible, super smart movie, uh, short film. And we're going to we're going to talk. We're going to go through the rest of this list. The rest of the list isn't nearly as good, but we are going to talk about one again that like goes with the cultural stuff. Uh, that Pixar's been doing. And I just want to run through a couple of these because, again, they're not a whole lot to talk about unless you have anything for, like, the next five. No, we could just pratt them off real quick because there's nothing um, yeah. nothing major. So in 2013, we get Monsters University, just a redo. It's fine. Um, 2015, Inside Out, which was actually a pretty good movie. Uh, again, not one of the most memorable uh, again, in 2015, you get the Good Dinosaur, which until I saw this list, I did not. I do. I still do not know what that is. You don't know that one? No. It uh, the dinosaur in it reminds me from the Sinclair dinosaur. I'm sure you've probably the seen that logo. One. That's what that reminds me of. This is probably their least successful movie on this list, and as you can attest by not really knowing of it, it's still fine. It's still Pixar, but it's definitely just this weird mixed up, especially in a year when you get Inside Out that does things like, you know, it faces depression with kids and this stuff and very real feelings. And then you have like the good dinosaur, which is kind of like more of the same where you, they they didn't really push anything there. It was just like, we need a suit. We need a dinosaur movie. So here's this. And it's fine, but it's definitely not. Yeah. One of their benchmark movies. Especially because unless you're redoing Land Before Time, get the fuck out of here. It's either Land Before Time or We're Back, motherfuckers. We're no back. more dinosaur movies. Um, So then in 2016, we get Finding Dory. Just a continuation of the Finding Nemo story in a sense. Again, they tried to play off of Ellen's great personality for that original Dory. It did not hit the same way that it needed to. It was almost too much Dory for me. Yeah. Um. 2017, a year later, you get Cars 3, which I could not even begin to tell you what that one was. It's it's the secret, uh, secret agent one with Mater, right? You saying that, that made me even more confused than what I was. No, no, no. The second one's the secret agent. The third one is um, uh, Lightning McQueen goes down and out. He gets in a bad wreck, so he kind of gets sidelined. He, oh, he gets sidelined. Like, electric car that's coming out that's like just beating them on all these things and then that one's very forgettable like in the franchise i mean it definitely is like cars cars two and then cars three they just kind of do go down in quality but it's also a chance for them to sell more merchandise of like here's more new cars kids can't can't blame them for that um in this year though i do want to mention pixar in a box uh, they partnership with this online educational community called Khan academy and it's basically Khan Academy is a way for you to do basically like homeschool learning, but you know, but their particular program is through computer graphics and animation and that kind of stuff. So okay, very cool. Coco also gets released this year, which is a phenomenal movie. Yes, uh, becomes the top grossing film for Mexico of all time. Like that's beating out everything, yes. which is and Coco so phenomenal. 
Yeah, so they do the Day of the Dead concept. Again, we talked about the cultural things that Pixar does. And when they want to hit something, they fucking hit it. Like, you can just tell that they do their research for the stuff that they're trying to portray. And it's not just a, let's capitalize on something. It's like, no, someone there found this interesting and probably pitched a pretty fully-fledged, accurate story. And Pixar was like, hell yeah, we like this. Because Coco, especially the last five that they had put out, you know, two up to that point, you know, we're fine. And they're, they're, you know, a lot of them are going just off their Pixar name or the name that's on the franchise. But when Coco gets dropped in 2017, it was like, they were back to their form. You know, they were back. They were like, Hey, we're good now. Our bad, you know? Um, And we only get a couple more movies after this, but when Coco comes out, like it was back to like, no Pixar's the shit. Like anything they put out, we're going to blow all of our money on. So Pixar does this thing that I find incredible is that they'll take ideas from anybody who works in their thing. Like there's stories of like janitories throwing a pitch idea for, I forgot which movie it is. And basically them going, that's incredible. Let's do it. Like they're willing to listen to anybody's ideas. You don't have to be the lead designer or the director or the screenwriter of it. You just, if it's a killer idea, they'll be like, cool, let's run with that and see what we can do, which is incredible. This company is just all the way around just amazing. Yeah, and you hope that they're still like that. You know, we've talked about it in the past with how I feel with Blizzard and like what what Blizzard's turning into after the Activision merger and everything. Um, and you haven't heard these kind of horror stories coming out of Pixar, you know, after their merge with Disney, which is half of what you would expect it. You know, they give $7 billion for a company. They could give two fucks what the company yeah. runs now. Because they're pretty much buying their IPs, not the people. Yeah. Uh, but Pixar seems to be still rolling it out. Because uh, year after Coco, we get Incredibles 2. Um, and just more of exactly what I wanted from Incredibles. I, yeah. you know, When I first watched the movie, I didn't have high hopes for it. Because I was like, what do you do now? You know? What do you Because the minor was like at the end of the first one. You're just like, I hope that's not the main character. Which it wasn't. Yeah. And the way that they made that second movie was so good. And if I'm not mistaken, we're going to get a third one here in the next couple of years. Oh, really? That's I've heard the rumors. I do not see it on their list. Um, but uh, uh, Incredibles 2, real quick little uh, fun little note. Uh, best debut of an animated film of all time. It eventually grossed 1.2 billion. Jesus. <laughs> Amazing. That's crazy. Uh, next year, 2019, Toy Story 4 released. Um, and it'll go on to win an Oscar the following year. Crazy. Uh, Di- Disney Plus also launches this year, um, which features uh, Pixar's short little um, TV show called uh, Spark Shorts. And also one of the greatest, funniest things you can watch is Forky Asks a Question. I know that doesn't seem like much, especially taking a character, a very minor character in Toy Story 4 and giving him his own series. It's hilarious to a degree that shouldn't be it shouldn't be (laughs) (laughs) um and then yeah the last two so we have two released in 2020 um and that's onward and soul i haven't seen either one of these i'll be completely honest onward is an amazing film that's like what if you grew up without a parent only to realize that you didn't necessarily need that parent because you've got a sibling that might as well been that parent um phenomenal movie we just watched it yesterday i i love that movie to death um, and then Soul, it's one of those ones that it's fine. It, it's definitely a Pixar movie, and it's 
definitely good. It just there's something about it that seems to be missing, and I don't know what it is. And it all seems to be there, but it just doesn't quite. And it should be noted that while this was all happening, uh, Onward got released on March 6th. March 16th, uh, seven weeks were remaining on the movie Soul. The production has to s- stop because of COVID. COVID. And do it all from home. But they were able to still complete that movie the following month, which is just a testament to Pixar and how badass they are. Yeah, and the and, people working for them. Shout out to y'all. Talk about Soul crunch. Hits. The world's going They're to deep. shit. We still need this movie out. Yeah, so we still need a. People need their entertainment, and so Soul is like one of the first that it's almost like a straight to DVD, except in our realm, it's straight to streaming. So it gets yeah. put onto Disney Plus, and it's fine. I think it actually won um, an Oscar for something. I don't remember if it's music or or what, but it did win an award. So it's a testament if you listen to the Oscars at all. If you don't, then it's a fine film. The music in it's phenomenal. The animation in it is nothing less than what you would expect from Pixar. Um, do you just want to go over these last three? And yeah, because I was only aware of one, and that's Luca, which is yep. set to like release toward the end of this month. Yep. Um, Turning Red, I haven't heard much about. Considering the producer, oh. I imagine they're doing something Asian. It's uh, set like not Mulani, but. Um, Asian I, Pacific Islander kind of stuff. Yeah, and I swear I've seen something about this one. And isn't it, that the puberty movie where she's going through puberty oh, and she shit. turns into a she turns into a red panda? You might be. Oh yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> Actually, I think you're right. Um, and then the other one that they they leaked this year actually because it is um, Tim Allen coming back is Lightyear. So they're doing a Buzz oh. Lightyear movie. So um, movie. Based strictly, but it doesn't have Tim Allen though. It has uh, Chris Evans as. Lightyear. Is it Chris Evans? Oh, I think we yeah. talked about that actually. Because yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be playing the space guy that the toy becomes based on. Which yeah. is kind of. A, I can't um, wait to hear Chris Evans give his best Tim Allen like <laughs> to infinity and beyond. <laughs> uh, both of those are slated to release in 2022. Again, uh, like Rick said, Luca is slated to release this year. So we'll see. Luca's supposed to be really good. I've heard good things about that one so far. It, it looks fun. It's a real deal, like fish out of water story, which I love that. If you like the movie, like Splash, that's kind of what this seems like it's going to be. So, yeah, man, fun stuff. Fucking Pixar. Fucking Pixar. God. Holy. I love um, it. With all that being said, yeah, I, that's everything that I have today. Uh, we could We could spend, we really got to watch our subjects because with between 1995 and Pixar, <laughs> Most of this episode could have been its own episode on every subject that we talked about. On, yeah, like Pixar, like they single-handedly like pulled Walt Disney from the brink. Like at the point that they were releasing, that Walt Disney was releasing stuff, Pixar was releasing these things that were mega hits, and the stuff they were putting out were mild successes yeah. at that at best. And here's Pixar, this monster. So of course they're going to be like, we'll buy you because we're drowning, and we Can have a fuck ton of money right now. <laughs> and now they go on to make, you know, their own, you know, Frozen's and, and Moana and stuff like that, where it's like Pixar really breathed new life into yeah. the, Disney. So now we get like two great animation studios under the same umbrella. But like you definitely know when it's a Pixar. Because it versus... wasn't fairy tales and, and songs, you know, like it was yeah. it was a movie. It wasn't a musical movie. Which yeah. is where Disney like changed their and you know, they still do great musicals or whatever, including Moana and Frozen. 
Um, but it was such a different way of doing movies that like it perfectly complemented everything that Disney was doing. But like you said, it breathed new life into a genre that I think people were starting to get bored of at that time. Yeah. You know, and it gave everyone a chance to to see something different, another way that an animated movie could be amazing without it being the same old, same old that we've been dealing with since we were kids and our parents were kids. Yeah, a titan like Disney, you know, on its way out, but then luckily they uh, they made some smart moves and we still got them. <laughs> Fucking A. Because of um, Pixar. It's an amazing tale of Pixar, this just like, hey, we should do something for the film industry with computers. Cool, that sounds great. We can figure that Here out. Here we go. And the next thing you know, they're making glass nights and Tropicana oranges and gummy bear or gummy rings coming. Like God, the history of that place, dude. Where they started to where they've come. They were bought out for $7 billion. Started with Tropicana commercials. Yeah. (laughs) It's fucking wild. Uh, I don't have anything else. Anything else from your end? That's that's what she wrote. Cool. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. As always, you guys can find me across the board at Retro Namapod. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, I am starting to stream on Twitch. Uh, check out the Facebook for the Retro Nom 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 stuff. And I will keep that Facebook and the Instagram updated as to when the YouTube goes up. Maybe up by the time that you're hearing this from the time that we recorded it. It may or may not be. I don't know. Uh, you can also get a hold of us for any comments, critiques, whatever. Uh, retronomicon podcast at gmail.com and if you like what you hear five stars on itunes it really helps us tell your mom tell your friends tell your brother tell your ex-boyfriend i don't care um but if you like it five stars on itunes leave a review and we'll read it live on the show unless you're just a prick then get out of here with that yeah yeah serial kilter on most of those socials um as always check out the facebook uh page there that's kind of where we the most up-to-date information probably gets there. Um, retro nom 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 nom. The retro nom nom nom. Yeah, go watch Please the cooking show. Out. Leave a comment, like what you guys seriously think, or or maybe ideas for future. If you've guys got recipes that are like, oh, you should try this, and you like my unique brand of silliness. Yeah. You don't like chicken pot pie? You would rather see shepherd's pie? Oh, I can do shepherd's pie. Um, also, yeah, leave a review for sure. Um, if you've got any suggestions for topics you want us to talk about and hear our particular musings on, like hit us up, like for yeah. sure. Cause uh, I mean, we're not short for content, but we're always interested to hear back from you guys, but to take us out, like we always do with the weird question of the week, what's your scent? Oh my God. What? What? As always, we thank you guys for joining us this week on the Retro Namapod. We love you, and we will catch you next week. Good night.